Welcome along to the latest Forever Blue podcast. I uh, really appreciate uh, you supporting us, uh, subscribing, which of course is free, and downloading the, the podcast and tell the city family that we exist. There's been two podcasts so far this season. We had Neda Manua on the first one, who was a great guest, Trevor Sinclair last week. And to keep the standard up, we have my mate and city legend Paul Lake with us today. Uh, you don't get much better than that, really. Love working with Paul for so many years, and he's always been one of my heroes. So, Paul, thanks very much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. And I know you're up against it because you've got a few different things that you're always a busy man, you aren't you? So you've got a lot of yeah, things that you're doing. So I am, yeah. I appreciate yeah. your time. I really do. Um, uh, we've also got with us Mark Todd, who is from City Matters, who is a fan, of course, first and foremost, uh, but also is a representative on City Matters. And a little bit later in the podcast, of course, we will talk about, there's a lot of people, I can't tell you how many people are bombarding me with uh, messages privately or whatever, and, and thanks for doing that. Please talk about the ticketing, the digital ticketing and things behind the scenes. Well, there's nobody better equipped to do that than Mark, who's with us tonight. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. We've got regular Amy, um, that's not a name, by the way. She's just a regular on the on the, uh, the blue the, the the Forever Blue podcast. So, Amy, welcome back to the new season, and hopefully, Tony will be with us a little bit later on as well. So, we're going to start with the football. Obviously, a big shout out to CharlesLouis.co.uk, who are the sponsors of this podcast. They are chartered mortgage advisors and do all sorts of other things uh, in the. Um, moving scenario, so that's advice on buying houses. Have a look at the website, charleslouis.co.uk. Uh, uh, they're based in the Berry area and they're very, very helpful. They have a phone number on there. Give them a call and ask them for advice about getting mortgages or about moving from one place to another. They do the whole package. Um, so you know, give them a call. I recommend them highly and obviously thank them for their support. So let's start with the, the 5 0. Um, Shall we use the word thrashing of Norwich City? Um, a team who uh, I've, I've noticed over the years we tend to do pretty well against. I know they've had a, a couple of wins in, in recent years, but overall uh, we tend to do pretty well against them. And I have to say, sadly, I'm, I'm, I mean, I know it's only two games in, but you've got to look at Norwich and think they've got to be odds on to go down again. I mean, they haven't got that sort of strength. And on match of the day last night, their, their defence was pulled apart, not just by City, but also by the critics. Um, what, what did you make of it, Paul? I mean, was that just the game that City needed after the defeat at Tottenham? Um, I suppose you can look at it in different ways, uh, Ian. I mean, certainly it was a, a comfortable day. It was an enjoyable game. It was really entertaining. Uh, and and uh, I concur with the, the, the comments of the Garter Norwich. I was disappointed, you know, with, with how they performed, especially... You know, considering they were they were thrashed by Liverpool, and and uh, it's about that kind of learning experience. And, and obviously, Daniel Farker is a manager that that wants to play on the front foot, wants to play possession football, wants to create chances, and obviously, is regarded as being a you know a very tactically minded coach. And they just offered absolutely nothing. Now you could argue that City were very very good, and and, and we were we were excellent. You know, some great performances all over the pitch, um, and, and you know, obviously, Jesus man of the match. But there was loads of good performances. I'm, I'm particularly impressed with Cancelo again. I think he's the kind of player that, um, you know, he, he's so creative. And, and I think, on the one hand, it's very easy to criticise Benjamin Mendy, but it just shows you when you have Cancelo and when you have Pinchenko, they, they just offer so much more and so much more what Pep wants, really, especially when you're having to find solutions against teams that are very well set up, like Tottenham were. You need to find solutions and you've got to be able to handle handle the football in tight areas. You know, but again, coming back to the game yesterday, um, it was a case of how many, wasn't it? And and uh, I think um, uh, I particularly enjoyed the, the fact that, um, yes, uh, you've got Jack Grealish who's playing and scored a goal and, and the first two goals were quite fortuitous, really, even though there was only going to be one winner in the game. But uh, I just like the fact that, you know, uh, our goals from back to front, you know, Kyle Walker, some great balls in the channels. And obviously, Ruben Diaz to finish off a wonderful, wonderful ball in for um, Riyad Mahrez, who's great first touch and finish. So, yeah, there were some lovely moments in the game, some great pieces of skill. But on those, a nice start to our home campaign. Well, you mentioned Cancelo and you have actually mentioned... Um, 
Kyle Walker as well. And actually, one one thing I wanted to say was that since Cancelo signed for City, not that I didn't like Kyle Walker before, but Kyle, is it just me? But Kyle Walker seems to have stepped up. I mean, he really looks a fantastic player at the moment, not just because of his, his speed, but he's got a passion about him. It, obviously, the vision, the passing that he did to, to slip in Gabriel Jesus, as you've already highlighted. But it's almost as if the fact that Cancelo's over his shoulder and he's thinking, you know what, he could threaten my position here, that suddenly Kyle Walker's gone up to another level. Well, I think... At the same time, Cheesy, sorry to jump in, guys. I'm just um, uh, on, a, on a roll here, so I hope you don't mind. But um, it, it was more because of the fact that when you see now teams playing against City, they're setting up where there's no space in central areas. You know, there's, you know, if you saw Tottenham play with a, you know, a 3-3 and Fernandinho was not able to get on the ball at all against Tottenham. And the same regarding sort of Norwich trying to be compact, trying to get numbers, so they're having to force us to play wide. And by doing that, your fullbacks have got to be able to handle the football, you know, and obviously they become the creativity. Now, Cancelo can step inside, he can find different passes. And like you say, Kyle Walker's recognised that he has competition from Cancelo, and which shows you how good he is as well, the fact that he can play left side and right side equally comfortably. You know, but again, for Kyle Walker to have to almost... You know, reinvent himself such that he has to become an inverted fullback, if you will, to step inside, you know, and, and to receive the ball and to have the ball in tight areas, you know, is a, is a testament to the fact that, you know, he is a quality footballer and, uh, you know, he can, like you say, he can rise to the occasion. But it's going to be fascinating, I think, for all of us as City fans to see how teams will set up. Because obviously we have got, I mean, we've all got our own opinions about who's going to be our strongest eleven. And, and again, you're looking at how Tottenham set up as an example, which could be a template for quite a few clubs, but they haven't necessarily got the players on the uh, on the counter that Spurs have in the likes of Sun as an example. But there are, it's, it's going to be interesting and, and quite a few games at the Etihad, it's going to feel like offence versus defence, a bit like American football game. But again, it's about taking chances. And I'm sure at some point before I go, we're going to come on to the Harry Kane situation. But again, it just uh, it's recognising, you know, uh, the different challenges that are going to come up this season and how we're going to combat it. And certainly sides like, you know, Liverpool and, and obviously Tottenham, you know, these sides having fans, you know, really does help teams like that. It just gives them that extra surge where with City, we didn't need that because it, there was so much trust in every single player last season that I felt that, you know, it was it was, it was was showing that when you have just 11 versus 11, we'll, we'll always come out on top. But obviously there's an atmosphere, there's an environment, all these things are created by the fans and that'll make it a bit more hostile, a bit more challenging. But I still feel, as, as I'm sure we all do, that we've got more than enough in our team to be able to carry on as we did last season. Well, let me bring Amy in at the moment, uh, right now, and, and ask you, Amy, what you thought really of that game yesterday. Um, I mean, obviously, there were lots of positives to take out of it. It's hard to, to think of anything negative, actually. It was a, a superb performance. Uh, you presumably watched the Tottenham game the week before. All the worries, if there were any worries, of that first game are gone. And obviously, this, this match was won yesterday without. City's arguably City's best player. Well, I don't say it's arguably. Kevin De Bruyne is City's best player at the moment without him. So that's that's got to be, you know, I mean, not that they need a confidence boost, but massively confidence boosting for everybody, hasn't it? Yeah, it was It was so good to be back. It really was. Um, you know, I, I couldn't wait. I was dead excited from the moment I got up. I was like, yeah, you're going back to the football um, but yeah, it was just obviously from where I sit. Um, I suppose I have a different perspective because I sit in the in the third stand, so I can see right over. Um, but from like the only negative that I would pick up on was some parts were quite slow. Um, there were some bits of the game that you know that was um, when we should have been taking passes and stuff. There was it was a bit slow. Um, it went a bit quiet, so obviously the fans went quiet. So then everyone's trying to build them back up again. So you know you'll get little pockets of singing back up, and which spurs them on and stuff. Um, but yeah, I watched the uh, together uh, film last night, um, and I was watching how the lads are with each other. You know, uh, downtime and things like that. 
and it just proves how close they are as you know as as a team um you know there were silly things like Riyadh's pasta that is like all the lads have started wanting to the, uh, eat this pasta that Riyadh Mahrez is like brought up himself um you know and silly things like that but you know team talks as well Gundogan has such um passion when he speaks to the lads um getting them all going and stuff like that and even though Fernandinho's captain, he lets the other lads chip in with things. You know, he doesn't always take over. And I think that's good that they all get their own individual parts in, in the team and they spur each other on. And I think that's I think that's what's good about City, you know, is that the lads do get on really, really well and they seem to they seem to gel with each other all the time. There doesn't seem anyone that doesn't get on with each other and which you've seen in other teams sometimes there's been a bit of a, yeah arguments and stuff like that. But yeah, I, th- you know, I, I think the first game was a bit of a blip and yesterday proved that we are where we should be. And it, it was good to be back. It really was. Oh, it certainly was. It certainly was. Now, Mark Todd, who's was also a special guest, you can say today, although you're welcome to come on again in the future, Mark, um, has been going to City at, I think as long as me, if not longer. Um, yes. I mean, I've, I've seen you at matches since since I was a lad, Mark. Yes. So, you, you know, you, it must have been a joy for you to be back. Yeah. yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm that old. Yeah, I've been going for a long time. So I'm probably enjoying the little purple patch we've got with the club at the moment. I feel like I've done the hard yards and uh, I've got the scars and the bags under my eyes to prove it. So, yeah, I've been going a long time. What was it like for you to be back then? Um... Yeah, I went, I was lucky enough to get in for the Everton game, um, but it was so different uh, to be there with, you know, a 50 plus thousand crowd. Um, It was a bit, I I went to Spurs last Sunday, so um, that was more weird because it was the first time in a big crowd. So I felt like that was me me, me trial run for coming to the Etihad yesterday. Uh, And that was really weird being at Spurs with, Thousands of people walking down a street all close to each other, uh, getting in the ground. Tottenham's new ground is really noisy. I mean, they've always been, I always thought they were pretty quiet at White Hart Lane. But wow, that new ground, the way they've configured it and stuff, the Spurs fans are noisy. So noisy crowd, uh, difficult game, you know, and and walking. So I I enjoyed it more yesterday because I think I've been to Spurs and that kind of readied me for it a little bit. Going to Spurs last week, we had the, you know, the, my mates who I went with, it was almost like first day back at school, you know, trying to remember what all the rules are and uh, and all that kind of flipping out. I forgot this, I forgot that, that I always take. So, yeah, got that out of the way, uh, away to Spurs last Sunday. So, really enjoyed it yesterday. Obviously, battering Norwich 5-0 makes you enjoy it even more. But, no, great to, great to be back in the stadium. And there's, obviously, we'll talk about it later, about the ticketing. That made it a bit weird. But, generally speaking, the whole... And seeing people uh, like it, I don't even know the guy's name who sits in front of me, but I always say hello to him. We always do a bit of a high five with City score. Uh, and it was great to see him, nearly give him a hug. Well, I know we will talk about the tickets, but let me say this as well. Um, uh, Tottenham, I mean, this is away from the tickets, really, but... Uh, if anybody hasn't been to Tottenham and doesn't know, there is one underground station, which is like a mile and a half away at Seven Sisters, one overground station, which is not serviced by that many trains. So if ever you go to the Etihad and you think, well, I mean, it's terrible getting out of the car park here and it's terrible. Spurs is like a million times worse. It's as if when you go to a Spurs game, you've got to set a whole day aside and make it as a as a military operation. I'm right, Mark, aren't I? Absolutely. No, it was a nightmare getting away. We sometimes go so early and have a meal beforehand. So we may as well go and have breakfast beforehand. We go that early sometimes. But yeah, Spurs is a bad one to get to and a bad one to get away from. Yeah, our grounds are walking apart compared to that. <laughs> sure. Uh, Tony uh, is with us as well now. Thanks very much for joining us, Tony. Um, what, just tell us your thoughts then on the, the game against Norwich. I mean, that was that was City back to the best, wasn't it? Um, I'm going to say yeah, but I'm also going to be my usual pessimistic self, to be honest. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to balance the podcast off a little bit, I think. Um, I all in all, I think we played really well and it did look like we were back to our best. But 
I do still think that because of last season, the Euros this season, it showed that tiredness. And I just don't think we're at our best. Yes, we can, you know, it's 5-0 and we played really well. Jesus was phenomenal yesterday. Um, there was some really good positives, but I just don't think that, and this is a scary thought for the other teams out there, that we are at our best. And I think once we hit that, then we will be flying. But I do think that um, Norwich were poor, not to take anything away from ourselves. But as I say, I do think that uh, that pre-season is still there at the moment. There was a lot of fitness issues, straight balls um, and things like that. So <clears throat> overall, yes, but side bit of uh, pessimism there, really, that we're not quite there yet. I know Arsenal have lost their opening two games, which puts a, an interesting perspective on next week's game. But I was talking to my son earlier on and he was sort of saying, well, what team would you pick next week? And I suspect that Pep picked a couple of players yesterday to circulate things around. And that might not be the 11 that starts against Arsenal. So is that one of the mitigating factors, Tony, on your criticism that that maybe that's not City's strongest eleven, and maybe we'll see that strongest eleven against Arsenal next week. Yeah, pretty much. I just don't think you know. I think very few games this season will De Bruyne not start. For example, uh, he's not back to full fitness. We saw a few substitutions yesterday where it was about giving players minutes, uh, bringing players on. Raheem Sterling's first game in that sense of so bringing him on, get a bit more fitness. And I just think that we are still very much, although the season started, my opinion, we're still getting that fitness and in that pre-season because a lot of the players have had a week back, maybe two weeks now, and I just don't think we're quite there yet, which, as I say, is a great position to be in when we just hammered Norwich 5-0. Right, I let's thought, go back. To, go on, go sorry, on, Mark. I was just going to say, I thought um, Paul's point about getting the ball wide because people pack the centre, obviously... Uh, obviously Paul knows his stuff and he's right but the number of times the ball went across the box and there was nobody there to tap it in so <clears throat> could do the centre forward to tap it in um, and we were brilliant at that actually what we did so well was we found different ways to get the ball across the six yard box so the first goal where it was an own goal but Jesus got uh, Jesus got in the ball was almost clipped over the top of the fullback, if I remember right. And he put it in pretty quickly straight away because he was on his right foot. I thought that mattered, having a right-footed player on the right. Um, and we scored from that. I know the Grealish goal was very similar, but in the second half, which is right in front where I sit, Cancelo was brilliant at just getting an inch past the fullback and getting the ball across. So we created so many chances in addition to the five. Uh, if Tony's got a bit of a prop, we got a, a bit of a point, I think, that we could actually have got 10 with that many chances. Um, so we were a bit, we weren't profligate. I just thought um, it would have been good to have somebody in there sniffing. And Gundogan doesn't seem to be quite making the runs he was making last year for some reason. So, you know, as we've got no number nine. So if he could start doing that in the uh, interim, it'd be great. Which leads us on to the killer question now, which Paul alluded to before. And obviously, while we've still got Paul, because we're going to lose him in about another five or ten minutes, I've got to ask you, Paul, now about this question. And the way Mark phrased all that, he I'm not trying to put words in your mouth here, Mark, but it sounds like you would like a sort of, you know, a, a proper, what we call number nine. Now, I also had somebody whispering in me yesterday saying, actually, you know, do we need a number nine? Because City, because... You know, you saw midfielders taking up those positions yesterday and scoring those goals. That that is so much harder to defend against because you don't know where the threat's going to come from. So, Paul, where do you stand on? Let's not talk specifically about Harry Kane. I still feel as I'm sitting here as if eventually in this poker game between Levy and City, Kane will come for probably a lot of money. But one way or another, City, I'm sure, will sign a striker, whether it's Lewandowski, Ronaldo, whether it's another ne other names that we've heard banded around. Would you be in favour of an out-and-out -out striker, Paul? Or is there an advantage to doing what City are doing at the moment, which is the goals coming from everywhere and the defence not knowing who to pick up? Well, I think um, when we consider how we play, especially with uh, the lack of fitness, unfortunately, of Sergio last season. Um, it kind of forced our arm somewhere. And, and, and even when we have had strikers, i.e. Jesus, 
who we saw yesterday play particularly well in wide areas playing centrally. He didn't feel the same. He doesn't feel like he's a, a natural number nine anyway, even though he has played there quite often. You feel that he is the kind of player that picks the ball up in all areas of the kind of front line and can play on either side equally comfortably and will always give up his all and will always be effective. But that said, the interesting point for me is Pep wants a number nine. Now, we can sit here and we can give all of our opinions. Pep Guardiola's won the Premier League and he's won trophies for us. We got Champions League final last season and okay, we didn't, we didn't turn up against Chelsea by our standards. But Pep wants a number nine, which kind of is quite, is quite telling really in terms of you know, his, his idea. So if you had to start the season and ask Pep, would you want a number nine or would you be happy playing with great players but without a number nine? It seems like he wants a number nine. So despite our our play being so you know fluid, interactive, you know, and 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 so many players that uh, that, that uh, can, can play in different positions, like you say, you know, playing on opposite sides, um, and and you know, to to equal effect. <clears throat> the interesting point for me is why Pep is so determined. He'll make out that when he's interviewed, you know, if you don't get uh, Harry Kane, he's happy with his squad. Well, of course he is. And, and of course, we are a City fans because we know we've got a top, top squad. But we've seen Lukaku today at, at Chelsea, you know, and they've got Timo Werner and they've got other players like Kai Havertz, but they still wanted to get Lukaku in. Man United will be looking to try and get somebody else in. You know, and obviously Liverpool relied on their front three because of, you know, and their, their goal-scoring prowess especially with a, a Mo Salah and a Mane is, is absolutely frightening when they're at their best. And, and I, I'm just curious to know, you know, uh, like you say, in terms of Harry Kane, whether he will play, you know, in that, in that role, in the way that he has done with, uh, you know, turning up with, with Sun. Because Harry Kane is a, a very creative player as well. I mean, you know, he scores goals, but and, and everyone will, will sort of say, well, can he stay fit, this, that and the other? I'm, I'd be fascinated if he does come because with the rotation, it's a bit like you were saying before about Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne will play the lion's share of the games, but he'll also have to be rested. Yeah. You know, even though he is yeah, superhuman, yeah. he's not super superhuman. So he'll play the majority of the games, but not all. And with Harry Kane being able to be rotated, certainly in the top games, the big games as far as we can see, I mean, Tony alluded to the fact that Norwich were poor and, and, and they were disappointing. There's no two ways about it. You know, and in those games, you know, you probably can get by. And that's no disrespect to Jesus or to any of the players that played yesterday, Ferran Torres, you know. Uh, and, and it's also great because even when you're bringing someone like a hurricane, if he is going to come in, if, you, if your words are correct, it raises the standards. Like you said before about with, with Kyle Walker, it'll raise, it'll raise Jesus's game. It'll raise Phil Folden's game. It will raise Ferran Torres' game. And, and I think that was the case last season with Okai Gundogan, you know, so um, we, we do tend to have seasons where one player is absolutely instrumental. If it's not Yaya Torre, then it was Bernardo Silva, then it was Raheem Sterling. Last season, it was Okai Gundogan, you know, and this season, who is it going to be? What an exciting prospect that is. But I just think that, you know, with the way that Pep um, has probably scrutinised how we've been, maybe alongside the goals that we're already able to, you know, um, create the chance to be able to create. I think with Harry Kane, you'd, you'd be looking at someone that would be guaranteeing you what Sergio would guarantee us. So we'd still score from all areas of the pitch, but you'd also have a guaranteed 20 goals a season. And I think especially in the games like Champions League semi-finals, quarter finals, God willing, is that all it will take is one chance. And one chance, you'd want someone like a Harry Kane in those positions, you know. So you could argue it with being greedy, <laughs> you know. We always get loads of stick, but there again, you Ian, you alluded to it before. Who would Manchester City be going for? It would only be one of the top strikers in world football. So it, it would be Lewandowski, or it would be Mbappe next season, or you know, uh, or Haaland. You know, we're not we're not talking about um, Danny Ings, and I rate Danny Ings as a very good player. But this is what we're talking about. It's going to be those types of players that we're going to attract. You know, it's, we're already really excited about Jack really to see what he can do. And there's so much more to come from him. Obviously, he's begging in, as Tony mentioned, players out and back, uh, uh, you know, into what we call our fascinating rhythm. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. 
But all things being considered, if you bring in Harry Kane with the service that we, that he, he's able to get, be that from um, Raheem or Phil or um, or Riyad Mahrez or Bernardo Silva, you know, if players are going to stay as well. But you'd also say, mate, that if we are going to get Harry Kane, players are going to have to be going out as well. So it, it's it's which players are going to be going. So it, it's really interesting. It's obviously exciting and it's a great talking point for us. Um, I would love to see Harry Kane in the Man City shirt. Uh, we could manage without him. We could for another season. But would we be right at the echelons of of, of the, the, the sort of leagues and the Champions League without a, a true number nine to just see us over the line? Maybe, maybe not, but I'll come back to it. It's interesting. Why does Pep really want a Harry Kane? There's got to be something that he sees that we can speculate about, but it'd be great to hear it from the horse's mouth. Well, on the basis that I know you're busy, Paul, and you're going to have to go in a second, I've got one more question for you before you go, which is, I know one's a hypothetical question, so you might say, well, it doesn't matter anymore, and you're entitled to say that. Um, one is is a more realistic one, if you like. Um, Lukaku, you know, would you, if you could have got him, would you have prioritised Lukaku over Harry Kane? That's part one. And part two is, um, I mean, I was at the EDS game on Friday night, he wasn't playing, he's injured at the moment and he's now part of the first team squad, but he's got a new contract extension. And I'm talking about Liam Delap, who is a natural out-and-out uh, -out striker. Could either of those been players that you would have considered? Lukaku, I know, is gone. Liam Delap's still around. Or would you it, it, would you still be the man going for Kane? Well, you know, again, you know, in terms of, of uh, your first question, no, there's no no one's going to be saying that Lukaku is not a top top player, you know, and he is, and he'll be dominating this season. He's already shown that from his first outing today. But I just feel that Harry Kane would suit our system better. I just think he he is a is a more generous footballer. You know, he kind of sees more than than Lukaku would. I think he would just be more creative, thirty yards out. You know, so at the same time as creating goals himself as scoring them, he just has more of an all round game. And I think Pep, you know, really respects that. Um, Liam Delap, you see, you don't want to tempt Providence, but Liam Delap could be a Haaland of our own creating because he has got that potential. You know. In, in no time at all at 18, he was he was too good for 23s. He was too good. You know, and he's coming to the first in Marina where I watched the training as a compliance officer from, from a job and seeing the intensity of the training sessions. And he's not that out of place. Ironically, Phil looked the, probably the best player alongside Kev, believe it or not. So we talked about yesterday and about the game against Tottenham without, you know, really Kev played a little bit, but without our... Oh, well, you could argue our best players with Jack Grealish, you know, properly playing. Jack's got to find his rhythm. He's got to find the tempo. He's got to really understand. And he's got to find the relationships with players that are more comfortable on the ball. So, unfortunately, and I feel like I'm criticising Benjamin Mendy, but I just feel that with the players that we've got now, he'll struggle to start because I just don't think he has the technical ability to be able to handle the football the way that Pep now would look moving forward. He's evolving all the time. The team's evolving. So, um, yes, uh, Liam Delap has got the potential to be really, really exciting. Um, and he could be our own version of Haaland. Uh, but at the same time, coming back to the Harry Kane one, I'd have to say that, you know, overall, he, in my opinion, and you've all obviously got your own, I just feel that he would be more suited to Manchester City than uh, Lukaku would be. Paul, thanks very much for being so generous with your time tonight. I really appreciate it. I know you've got things to do, but a uh, big, big thank you from us for you joining us. And I'll speak to you again very, very soon. A pleasure. Nice to see you all. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye -bye. That's Paul Lake. So Paul Lake's obviously going to leave us now and we'll carry on with the, the, the podcast. And so I'm going to ask the three of you, um, and we're doing this on Zoom as we do these days, um, it, you know, feel free to stick your hand up and, you know, talk to each other if you like. But you've heard what Paul's got to say. Who wants to comment on anything, really, that he said? He hasn't a clue what he's talking about. <laughs> um, anybody would think he was a Man City legend, the way he trots around with his opinions. Um, go on, somebody else before me being big gob. <laughs> oh, I, I do, I do think he's right when he says about Lukaku. Like as much yeah. as he 
as much as he's good, and I'm not saying he's not, um, Harry Kane probably would fit in better. And, I, and I'm actually saying that because I remember on previous podcasts, I have said I didn't want Harry Kane. Hey, but, No, no, honest to God. It, it comes to the fact of, like, my Aguero situation was, we was getting rid of Aguero, who in the last few seasons did get injured quite a lot, to having Harry Kane, who gets injured, oh, pretty right. much thought of the same thing. And there, that was my my thing, it was. I was more bothered about the injury situation. Um, my brother, unfortunately, is a United fan. I think he dropped, dropped on his head when he were a baby. Absolutely. But he actually, and I quote, my brother turned around and said, if City get Jack Grealish and Harry Kane, he is never watching football ever again. Please get Harry Kane in that case. Because <laughs> he said that is it. City will just be yeah. the dominant force. Yeah. I watched Chelsea today and they were absolutely brilliant. And they're a good they were a good side when they last season. So they've kind of done what they've kind of done in the close seat, and they've done it, by the way, because they've got Lukaku. We're still talking about maybe getting someone brilliant. They've done what we were hoping to do. They've turned in a they're a very good side. They don't win the Champions League if you're not good. Uh, they could do with a, a better out-and-out forward because Werner's not quite done it for him. Um, we could do with it. You know, it's we're very similar. My worry is, especially watching today's, they've done the deal that makes them better. We're talking about doing the deal. If we do the deal with Kane, I've been astonished in the last 18 months how Kane's developed his game. So I think that goes down to coaching, probably Pochettino, just been um, maybe even Mourinho it was um, yeah he was under Mourinho wasn't he? Um, that the coaching he's had to be able to come out of the centre forward position and then play people in left and right I didn't expect him to be able to do that uh, and I think that's what to think about what Paul was saying before Pep's seen something and it's clearly that he's not a one dimensional player Lukaku is brilliant at being a one dimensional player so I think he's one dimensional but brilliant at it um, and that's why he'll do well for Chelsea. Uh, but if we got Kane, there's more to him than that. The other thing is, a lot of players come into our side under Pep and take 12 months to bed in, uh, usually from abroad. So that's another factor. I, I'm going to put my neck out. If we get Kane, I think he'll let the floor run and it won't take, won't, it won't need to do that. Um, we're buying the finished article. We often don't. We often buy somebody for decent money and we make them better. Uh, that's not going to happen with Kane for obvious reasons. Um, so, although we don't normally do that, I'm if we get Kane, I I'm glad we're trying to do that now. Why not? We're allowed to do it occasionally. Tony, what do you want to contribute to this? Um, I'm going to be the other voice again. Um... <laughs> that's what, that, we get him on to get. We, we want all sides of the argument here. Come on, Tony, tell us your thoughts. I'll be honest, I'm not Kane's biggest fan. Um, I see the qualities everyone talks about and I completely agree with Mark in terms of he's developed his game, this, that and the other. But it's just one of those things, we all have those players that for whatever reason, and you might not be able to put your finger on it, Kane's mine. And I, there's just something about him I don't like the way he uh, wins those free kicks by back into plays. And he's just grammar gears over the years and that's my personal opinion on him. And I would struggle. If he comes, I won't struggle. He's a, he's a City player, that's it. But at the same time, is he too pricey for his age? Um, probably. Do I realistically think we're going to get him anyway? Probably not, because I think that Tottenham aren't going to sell him at this point of the season without having a replacement lined up. So I just think at the moment, it's a lot of talk for something that isn't going to happen. And we'll probably limp through the season, a bit like we did last season, with what looks to be Torres as our number nine. And I thought he limped through the season when we were in the league by was it 12 points or something? God, I hope we limped through this season. Exactly. Well, there were games because I remember being on the pod, and there were games after last year where we were saying we're crossing the ball in, nobody's there. We need an out and out striker. We need it, and we were saying that all last season. And that's what I mean in terms of 40 yard chances created, no goals, opposition, one chance, one goal. And that was a lot of kind of last season in Champions League, in the Premier League. Um, and that was kind of a few of the gripes on the podcast. And we were saying we need a replacement. Who is it? Um, Harlan was saying about Mbappe and Harlan, uh, uh, those kind of players. But 
my other concern with Kane is his form. He seems to be a player that thrives on playing every week in, week out. I very much doubt he'll get that at City. And that concerns me is, is he going to need to play 10 games in a row before he gets his scoring shoes on and things like that as well? I would argue that he plays too much for Tottenham and that's why he gets injured. So that you you know it's, it's six and two threes as he say. So I always think I always think a player that comes to us, Grealish, will find it the same. He was injured towards the end of last season because he played every single minute of every single game. So the fact that you can rotate players and Pep does definitely rotate players. I mean, I it's funny you're talking before about City's best eleven, uh, and I have this theory that that doesn't exist in football anymore. And and if you're a top side going for more than one trophy, and we go for all of them all the time, you should never even think that way. You know, you should have a, a first 17 or 18. So uh, if Kevin De Bruyne gets rested for a game, anybody can get rested for a game. Yeah, very good points made there. Uh, so thanks very much for that debate. I'm going to change the direction slightly now. Um, and by the way, Mark, um, you know, loving your contribution to the world's this podcast. We need to get you on as a regular. You need to be part of the Forever Blue team, regardless of the reason why you're on today. Go on, Tony. Just before we move on, uh, I mentioned Torres there because I thought he played quite well in the first two games. I thought his movement off the ball and creating that space was quite well. Um, and I think giving him a bit of time, he, we may see the goals out of him. Um, are we all in agreement that wasn't a foul and VAR effed up yesterday? Unbelievable yeah. decision. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they didn't touch him. Um, I only saw what was in the ground, obviously, for the TV screen. Account. What was that? I didn't see much of the day, so I haven't seen the replay. Wait till you really? see. Wait till you see the VAR check on the Arsenal Chelsea yeah. game today. I don't know if you saw it. Apparently, it wasn't given. It was miles more of a foul on the player in the box than that one. They yeah, just the, Nor- right. the Norwich player was already going down before yeah. Torres touched him. Yeah, absolutely. It was an outrageous decision. And so VAR may have improved in some respects yeah. and it ended up being 5-0, so it didn't matter. But that was a terrible decision. And it was 1-0 at the time, wasn't it? I think we were yeah, winning of course. Yeah, yeah. back at the end or something. Really annoying. Couldn't agree more, Tony. Now, I, I have uh, known Mark, admittedly, from a bit of... I'm not saying we've been best buddies, but I've seen him around for years and years and years and, and said hello to him and whatnot. And uh, and you have now heard from his contribution to this podcast that he is a very forthright, in a very nice way, uh, but to the point and wants to get things done and make his point. Now, I've been monitoring now his contribution to City Matters, which is something that we've... Um, had on the podcast before with Adam, who's one of our regular contributors yeah. now, and, and other yeah. people who've been involved as well. And uh, and, I, and I'm a great believer in City Matters, and I know, uh, obviously, I have some contact with people like Danny Wilson at the club, and I know that uh, he's a very good man, by the way, in my experience, and wants to do things the right way. Um, and Mark is now representing... What, what, who, who do you represent, Mark? So they have all sorts of people on there representing uh, different parts of our constituency, if you want to call it. And I'm the disabled fans rep. And you you have a, a, a Facebook page called Solid Citizens, which is for what you might call the home and aways. Is that right? Yeah, that's another thing. So it, basically, when you when you put yourself forward to be on City, obviously, you've got to be a bit crazy because there's tons of work involved. But you put yourself forward and I stood, because I've been involved in the disabled supporters branch in the past, I was chair of it for quite a while. And I wanted to do something again, didn't want to go backwards to do chair of that. And I thought, oh, I'll see. And the guy who was doing it, who was very good, was stepping down. So I thought I'll put myself forward. So I ended up on as the disabled fans rep. But um, like everybody on there, I wanted to be a fans rep as well as a disabled fans rep. So I kind of look out, I've got a special interest of looking out for services and facilities for our disabled supporters but um i was quite keen to get involved um as somebody who goes to home and away games and i thought well maybe i can feed into the discussions what it's like in a good way in a bad way being a, a home and away fan things to be ticket points getting tickets tickets not arriving on time if they don't whose fault's that the, our club there so, so i wanted to get involved in that and i started the a facebook group for people who go home and away just so that I had a bit of a constituency to feed back to. I felt, I do feel with City Matters that it's good. And if City fans knew more about what it did and felt a bit closer to it, they'd feel better represented and they'd feel like they could give their opinion. So I do that. I basically put stuff up and say, right, the thing, you know, I'm thinking of proposing this. What do you think? 
and then I'll because everybody's got an opinion I get hundreds of people feeding into it and that gives me a bit more confidence to ask for things well we'll come back to you Mark then third in this little discussion yeah, because I want to ask well. first of all Amy what your experience was like and uh, I've mentioned on the podcast before I have a friend who's in his 70s um, who was very very stressed about uh, the fact that ticketing was going to digital ticketing he's actually ended up printing at home so that he's got a piece of paper he, and this is this is not I bet untypical he actually prints it off three times he has one in his top pocket one in his back pocket and one at home he's really really stressed and anxious about it he told me a story about a, a lady who has been a long time city fan who I knew at the Cheltenham Medlock supporters branch many many years ago when I was a member of that and she hasn't got a smartphone she hasn't got a printer she hasn't even got an email address and she had to make a separate trip to the club from miles away uh, to try to sort all this out and it has ended up uh, getting a new smartphone at £200 a year just so that she can get a ticket on it. So I and, and I can't tell you the number of people who've contacted me. If Honestly, I've had a penny for everybody who's contacted me in the yeah. last week or two, and I'm sure it's the same for you, Mark, who've been worried and anxious, um, then I would be all right. I wouldn't need sponsors on the podcast and on the vlogs, et cetera. I'd be fine. Um, so I knew what the build-up was like. Yesterday, when I was waiting around the club to, to record my match day vlog, and I hope everybody's seen that on the, the YouTube channel, uh, I bumped into several players. And, and while I was in, in, in an area anywhere near City at home, I wander about all over the place. Um, Danny Wilson, who we just mentioned before, walked over to me and started telling me things like there were 125 extra staff on duty at that particular game. Everybody had been encouraged to arrive early. I think the turnstiles were going to open at one and ended up opening about 20 past. And although I did see when I went in, some people who were quite upset, uh, but not a great many of them stood on one side saying, my thing doesn't work and I'm and saying something about this cheesy on the podcast and everything. So I'm, I'm mentioning it and obviously we'll get Mark's reaction to all this in a minute. But I, it seems like most people somehow sorted it all out and got in and things went far more smoothly than the, the, the concerns, the anxiety concerns that people had before. So before Mark talks about it from his perspective, what was your experience, Amy? You're, you're young, aren't you? We're going to call you our youngest member, certainly for this podcast. What was, was it a doddle for you? Um, so the thing I had was I was, I have mine and my dad's ticket normally. I pay for mine and my dad's ticket. Um, I was able to go and do mine, um, went straight to my phone. My dad's, I couldn't do. So I went and spoke to city's services or supporter services on twitter and i asked because normally they get back to me pretty quick I, you know if i get if I, if I stay on the phone i could be on there for about 10 years but they get back to me pretty quick on direct messages on twitter and in and all seriousness before you continue on with the story i've heard stories of people actually been hanging on the phone for yeah. three four five yeah. even six hours yeah. and i'm not exaggerating here i've seen a lot of people saying stuff like that so go on carry on amy so i say because i knew i you know i can you know i work i work full times five days a week you know I, by the time i finish work city shut so i thought right well i'll go on twitter instead and speak to them that way and basically said that my dad had two um citizens accounts and I thought well that's weird how could he have had two citizens accounts yeah. because I do his ticket so basically what they did was they closed one yeah. gave him one transferred his email address to that thing and we was able to do it then but then I also had to download the google app onto his phone my dad's so bad with technology as well um so that he could have his ticket on his phone then but a friend of mine, her nana goes to all the matches. She had so much trouble with her with getting her ticket onto her phone. Everyone was trying everything to get on on to get her ticket on her phone, ringing everything. But you know the phone line was really bad. I'm presuming people are still working from home. Um, maybe I don't know because my dad had to move his seat because he can't get up where we sit. He can't get upstairs anymore. Um, so we wanted, so we've had issues with that 
firstly because he wanted to move seats. So he was on the phone all the time through that. And then when this came in, in one way, I understand where they were coming from, but in others, for the set, like people who don't have the don't have a phone, you know, that can do all this, it is stressful. I mean, some people suffer really bad with anxiety because of changes in things. And if you say, for instance, you've got, you know, you've you, you have got anxiety about change, and all of a sudden you've got to start using your phone to to put in the thing. Could be must be the most stressfulest thing you've ever had to go through. I mean, the actual getting into that, I mean, I decided for us to go early just in case. The actual main getting in wasn't too bad um, when I actually put my the queue card in and everything, the QR code thing. Getting it through the turnstile wasn't that bad, to be fair. So me and my dad didn't really have issues. It was the bit before I know we had issues with actually getting the ticket on the phone was the first issue. But getting into the ground wasn't too bad. What was your experience, Tony? Um, pretty similar, to be fair. Um, I think, to be fair to the club, nobody likes change. And every time they introduce something, there's always going to be a backlash. Um, I mean, you know, the announcer, Edible Coffee Cup, and everyone's going on about that. So there's always going to be something that, you know, wherever they introduce, they can't do right from doing wrong. Um, as for the digital ticket, personally... I like the ticket as that season, that momentum, that side of it. So I wasn't too happy with that. Um, but it's the way of the world. Everton have done the same. And I was speaking to a friend of mine who's an Everton fan. They've done the exact same. Leading up to the game on Saturday, um, we had the issue of it's two separate tickets, but under one name. So we couldn't have them on separate phones. Um, and it was a lot of backwards and forth with the club. Um, fortunately, I've got a slightly different experience to everybody else because of um, having an account manager at City. So I don't have to sit on the phone um, for three hours. I can just email the one person and say, can you sort this? What's going on? And within <laughs> a day, um, I managed to get it sorted over two days, really. Um, and we both have both tickets on both phones. So if I can't go, he can go. If he can't go, I, you know, I can go. And we've got both tickets on both phones. That being said, because I go with my father-in-law in his 60s. Um, he had to come round on one day last week. I had to get his phone. I had to put it on for him. Now, if I wasn't there to do that for him, and um, we didn't go together, for example, then he would have struggled. So I completely understand where people are coming from with that. Um, but I do think that it was only a matter of time. And personally, COVID's a bit of an excuse because if we all had the plastic cards again, you're not passing, you know, it's not it's contactless either way. But I understand why the club have done it because... It's the same thing with going cashless. It's all about making it all electronic. Less things can go wrong, apparently. Um, but on the match day, works the charm. The only thing I would say, with me and father-in-law, we're, he's, we're both on Google Android. However, his ticket on his wallet, because of his Android version, was different to my ticket. So mine, I could tap, and it was the contactless and let me in. His had a QR code on, and he had to scan it for it to get in. Now, I was there with him and whatever else, but he went trying to tap it, and I was like, no, yours is a scan one. So it makes it that bit difficult for everybody else when it's not just a standard one that they can say, just tap and go. I'm going to unleash Mark now because, uh, obviously, um, Mark is right across this. I know you've been right at the forefront of, of representing fans. Um, I'm assuming that now that we've had our match and everybody's somehow got in, that things should settle down in theory and from and then the experience becomes a lot smoother from from here on in and clearly uh, the club were ready yesterday and it did go a lot smoother than people were saying i mean i don't know what the issue was at southampton today but the issue that they did mention that on the tv and show big queues outside i think liverpool i don't know if there's a digital ticket in there or not liverpool had some issues with it as well but i'm guessing mark that now we're the other side of the norwich game um, you'll be able to sleep at night and thing, things might be a bit better. But you, you tell us your th thoughts. Yeah, um, I mean, City Matt, I'm speaking in a personal capacity, so I'll give you my honest opinion. And other people on City Matt might have a different one. Not massively, we were pretty much in agreement. So a lot of what I'm going to say was the view of City, but this is my honest opinion. So when it was put to us that Mobile 16 was coming in, 
Uh, it was, I must say, and it's uh, the club won't deny it, it was given us as a fait accompli. So City Matters was approached to say, we're introducing mobile ticketing, not do you think we should, right? And that's a business decision the club's totally entitled to make. The problem for me was that the way they were introducing it was also a fait accompli. So they were going to introduce it, I describe it as a big bang, all at once. Um, I think, and again, it's my opinion, I keep having to say that, they dropped it on the fans pretty late. Most people had renewed, uh, paid the money, and then had this dropped on them. And I'm sure they didn't mean it, but a lot of said, I wish I'd not blinking renewed now. Fans say that. Um, but I thought the way it was introduced um, was uh, a mistake. Um, we tried to make, well, we did make the point, is there not a way to introduce this incrementally? So could we have big exceptions um, without being disrespectful? I mean, I'm 60 next year, but could we have had something where we said anybody over 60 doesn't need to move across to mobile 60 now? Could it be under 60s first? Um, could we do it stand by stand and introduce it? So right now do, you know, the Colin Bell stand. So I believe if they'd have done it incrementally, whichever way they'd have done it, by age group or by stand or whatever they'd have wanted to do, some of the issues you guys, Amy and Tony, have just raised, you've just told very, very typical stories. Everybody I speak to tells stories like that, and your stories go right. Your, your stories are about how you help someone to do something, but you still had to go through some process to help somebody do something. Yours went right, so think of the people who are really struggling where it went massively wrong so everybody has been has found it challenging every fan i believe nearly every fan anyway has found it or has got someone close who they've had to help with it and i think if what they'd have done is done it incrementally they would have found out that people had two accounts under the same name that amy's brought up there's somebody i believe with eight accounts but probably because they've kept logging in forgetting the um password and then logging in in a slightly different way you know to do that so because this club didn't really know that they've been caught out and they've had millions of inquiries about mobile ticketing and they've all been reasonable so everybody who's been getting in touch with the club with a reasonable inquiry the club's just not had the capacity to um, answer those questions now my other problem with the way it was done was if you were to introduce something as radical as this, I think you shouldn't be introducing it in a new season when we've all been away for 18 months. Lots of things have changed. Credit card numbers have changed. People's names have even changed. Um, so people are coming back. They've got loads of questions. They've changed the car parking arrangements for everybody because of the vaccination centre. They're all ringing up with a query. Uh, food and drink suddenly went to contactless, I believe. Uh, credit card only. So there's so many changes all at once. The last, in my opinion, the last thing you should be doing is introducing this. So I think they should have introduced incremental. We, we told the club that at the beginning, but I think by the time they told us about it, they were already on track to go with it. And so they couldn't stop the juggernaut that started. I, 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 I'd like to think they wish they hadn't done that. And I actually think that they should apologise to the support, really, for the hell they've put them through over the last few weeks. I think they uh, realised they couldn't cope with the volume. They definitely admit they couldn't cope with the volume requires. I think they've been a bit astonished by that. On the plus side, I thought yesterday they did brilliantly at getting people in, making sure that nothing was too much trouble. Um, they were helped by the fact that nobody thought the technology would work. So everybody went early. And not, not one fan I spoke to said, oh, the tech's going to work. Everyone thought it wouldn't. So loads went early. Then the the cheaper food and drink out. So, and it was a three o'clock kickoff. The 1230 that's coming up, you can't go quite as early, or most people can't. Let's presume there's no cheap food and drink. So let's just see how it, and let's hope that I don't want it to go wrong. That's the last thing I want. I want it to go right. Um, as we've been through all this pain, let's get to that point. So I'm very, very disappointed they didn't um, go the route I wish they'd done, which was to go incrementally and learn lessons. They could even have, done it through one year you know try and get us all towards next season and i actually think they should come to us a bit earlier on city matters with big stuff i think they worry about confidentiality things slip out don't they you know 
best will in the world. We're all fans. We talk to our mates or whatever. I make sure I keep the confidential. They probably worry about that. And I kind of don't blame them. But it means they come to us late sometimes, I, prefer, I, would, I would say. One thing, just to finish on this, uh, unless you've got any questions, of course, is that um, we had a, a City Matters meeting last week and uh, the new uh, Chief Operating Officer, the Dutch guy who's come from Nistand, is he called um, Troll? I can't remember. His, I've got the names. Do you know his name? I've seen it on your Facebook page. So oh, I've there you the go. Name. It's called Rool, R-O-E-L. Um, but he's basically got a background working in international business and, he, and he's for the City Group, so he'll be working with all the clubs in the city group i believe he we, we told him what i've just told you and he was he seemed to be very supportive of us having a more uh, active role maybe getting involved earlier we need to be more we need to make sure we're professional back so we're probably going to go away and talk about it and, and hopefully we can get involved in bigger stuff a bit earlier and they might be able to trust us tell us you know business sensitive things and we might be able to get the fans view across we were we were pretty sure that this should have introduced incrementally, and I think it's been proved right. Well, your transparency is to be applauded for a start off. I know Tony wants to ask you a question. I'll come to him in just a second, and and I urge any fan to go on Solid Citizens, the Facebook page, and look at Mark's posts because they are very definitive, very clear, and very straightforward. And uh, and I, I, I'm a big admirer of what Mark is trying to do. Hence the reason for asking him on. And I've got a little bit of transparency that I can add to this, which by comparison is very trivial. But I was at the under 23 game on Friday. Um, it was played behind closed doors and I asked people uh, why it was being played behind closed doors because there's been the three pre-season friendlies that were played at the CFA behind closed doors and initially there was a concern about COVID because obviously there was an outbreak within the CFA but when I asked the question on Friday night the answer I got was that they were so anxious about the digital ticketing uh, that they didn't want to have people coming with digital tickets to the game on Friday as well. Uh, that because they put so much resource into Saturday to make sure that well went well, they didn't want to have to have the same issues on the Friday night. And they assured me, because some people have asked me about this and they want to get back to watching the, the EDS and the under-18s, etc., which so far they've been, they've been able to do. And I know it doesn't affect loads of people, but for those who are, the feeling is that by the time the next game comes along, you will be allowed to go in as a as a normal spectator again. Um, and and it was because of digital ticketing. Is there anything else you want to say, Mark, before Tony yeah, leaps uh, on sorry, you? Sorry, Tony. Just one more thing. Um, the other thing I did, and other people on City Matters do this. I'm not the only one. Um, is people were trying to get through to the club with really reasonable things now. All the other stuff didn't get answered. So I'm the disabled fans rep. So I was getting classic was a, a woman who brings a daughter who's got autism, who's really worried because of the queues for digital ticketing. She can't queue for ages to get stressed. She's trying to speak to someone at City to ask for some, something like kind of jump the queue, which of course she could because uh, of her daughter's disability. And she can't get through. She's ringing me crying because she can't get through and nobody's answering emails. So the problem with mobile ticketing wasn't just mobile ticketing. It was the knock-on effect for all these other perfectly reasonable. So what I did was a triage thing. So when I got hundreds of people asking me hundreds of questions, so I'd go through them. If I could give a two-word answer, does this work? Yes, I did that. And then when I found more difficult things, obviously I couldn't solve. I was able to send it through to someone specific at the club and ask them to deal with it. When I did that, the club were brilliant. So if I sent it to the accessibility team, which I did, within 24 hours, she had a phone call and I get a lovely message to say it was great. So I did do loads of work and a lot of City Matters people do that kind of almost like surgeries. And I'm hoping it calms down next week because I've hardly seen my girlfriend for the last six days. So um, maybe my life will get back to normal. She, might she just wrong me to say that she's delighted she hasn't yeah, seen so you for the last you. six I days. <laughs> go on, Tony. Away you go now. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's gonna. I'm gonna sound negative again. Surprise, surprise. Um, I think for me with City Matters, um, and this isn't anything on you, Mark. It's just a generic uh, City Matters thing here. Um, the club always, when they want to, is shout City Matters, and it's usually we've got something bad to say. We've run it through City Matters, and that you know under the bus they go. 
my issue with City Matters is this, and as I say, it's not, I know you all do um, inquiries, as you said, you've had hundreds this uh, over the mobile ticketing, but I couldn't sit here and tell you my representative on City Matters is A or B or whoever it is. Amy, I don't know if you could tell me who yours is. And I think this is the problem for me with City Matters is that the club, when you get, for example, I'm seasonal, I get, oh, this is what you do, this is your parking, this is that and the other. It, they should even just include, and your City Matters rep is, if you have any inquiries or whatever. Whereas at the moment, you can, you'll can, you be picking on a pool of that 100 people throughout the whole season, yet you might represent a 1,000 people, for example. And I think that's my only issue with City Matters. It's not with City Matters, it's just the way it operates in that sense through the club. Do you know I'll answer that if that's all right. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you to it. To, to, in part, I, we are always trying to get the club. It's, it, we can't, in a way, we can't win. We keep, we say to the club, we want you to promote what we do more. We work. I, I'm going. I was. I've done nothing but these questions the last. I'm not moaning, but I've done nothing but these questions. I went to a city matters last Wednesday. I'm going to a city matters uh, equalities meeting, uh, the first ever one. So I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I am putting more, more work into this than any other job I have ever done. It takes up takes over your flipping okay. life and we say to the club can you promote what we do put us a bit further forward uh, release minutes we'd like them to release minutes and we're going to push them a lot harder after this experience to try and get us to the fore a little bit more so it'll create extra work because people will come to us then but we don't mind that and i actually think you are right it'll be good for people to know if uh, uh, who they can contact on city matters they don't promote enough and they do use us from time to time and put our name in to say we consulted City Matters on this as though we approved it. Sometimes we don't approve it. Sometimes they've consulted us and we've given them a, a view that's contrary. I mean, I, lots of organisations do that. They're telling the truth, they consulted us. So we have, to, we have to get the relationship a bit better, I think. And the meeting that we had recently where this the, the new operations manager came was uh, heartening because I think he felt like we could at least be this great big kind of you know, testing bed for what the fans think, even if it wasn't, um, if it wouldn't be as uh, involved as we would like, you know, we'd like to get very, very involved. So I hear what you're saying, Tony, and, and you're not hundred percent wrong. I think you'll, with a bit of luck, I'm going to give it my best go and, and improve the situation as best I can. And I know my fellow city members, committee members are up for doing that. Well, I'm going to bring this podcast to a conclusion, but what I've certainly drawn from this podcast is that um, having heard Mark, who, as I say, I already knew anyway, but having heard him speak, having seen what he's written, the evidence of my own eyes, I honestly believe this 100%. You could not have a better representative on City Matters. I know there are other people out there that are on there as well, and I'm not decrying that at all. All I'm saying is that knowing Mark from what I've known of him before, listening to him tonight, seeing what he's writing, this is a man that you need to get right behind because he, he is a proper City fan who is willing to as he said, given a lot of sacrifice to, to really represent you. So, Mark, thanks very much for coming on. I want to now cord cordially invite you to become part of our Forever Blue team, regardless <laughs> of City Matters, regardless of City Matters, because you can be a regular contributor to this podcast just on the football. But I would also give you an open invitation to use this platform, this podcast, as much as you like, to communicate with fans and to make everything as transparent as you obviously want to make it. So if you want to come on during the next international break or every now and again or whatever, we can even do a special one just on City Matters. But you're Thank more you than welcome much. to come on as, as, a, as a fan anyway, because that's right, what well, I'd love to. That's very kind of you. I'll, uh, I'll consult with my gang, the City Matters gang, and uh, make sure they're cool with that, but I'm sure they will be. So, yeah, anything to promote the work we're doing and, we are trying our best, and the, and the, I think we'll get a bit bit more involved with the club after after what's happened. I think they can see the value of us a little bit more. Well, good on you. Thanks very much for coming on. Uh, thanks very much to Amy um, for for first appearance of the season. That was your debut, re-debut for the season, um, and to Tony, of course, um, and. You know, don't worry about being negative, Tony. Everybody's entitled to a view. Uh, we're all blues. We all come from the right place, and that's the only thing that matters. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the old main stand, isn't he? At uh, he's the old main stand at Main Road. That's what you. That's what you embody. Good man.
Top of the earth, Tony. He was sponsoring me, Hot Click Marketing. So uh, go and have a look at his company. Uh, fantastic uh, city supporter, as Amy and Mark are. Thanks very much, of course, to Paul Lake for his contribution uh, earlier on, which was uh, very much appreciated. And thanks very much to charleslouis.co.uk, Chartered Mortgage Advisors and lots more. Have a look at the website. And thanks very much for, to Dave, who is the head of that company, uh, for your support of this podcast. Um, City 5-0 winners against Norwich. Right back on track. Arsenal next week. 12.30 kickoff. I think I'll be on my way to the ground about 7.30am, judging Good by the shout, time. Man. Good shout. <laughs> <laughs> to make Might sure that everything well. goes smoothly. To do another vlog. If you haven't watched the vlog, by the way, uh, just have a look on YouTube. Um, I'm back doing regular vlogs uh, every week, thanks to Timson and to um, uh, God blimey, RRG Group and Music Magpie, went out of my mind then, uh, who are supporting me on the vlog. So thanks very much to those guys and thanks very much to you for listening. And uh, remember, it's always great to be a blue, isn't it? <laughs>